It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is July the 21st, 2015, and you're tuned in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Tonight is a very special night. When we think of words like couples, engagement, love, marriage, things like that, there's a good friend of mine who, other than Barry White, is probably responsible for a number of guys getting on their knees, a lot of proposals, a lot of weddings, and probably even a few of you that are listening to this show right now have been affected by this man's music. Um, if in one way, if he didn't have you fall in love, he helps you get through the love, or possibly that little kid you have in the background that wants a syrup sandwich right now is the end result of you playing his music. That man is named Mr. Tony Terry. Um, Tony and I have been friends since, oh, God, I'm not going to tell our age, but we're both gentlemen of a certain age. And tonight we're going to talk to my buddy Tony. So in case the name rings a bell and you're attempting to remember who this guy is, uh, just in a moment we're going to play uh, a record that has sold millions of copies uh, that was one of Tony's biggest hits. So uh, he's touring. He's, I think Tony's on the East Coast somewhere tonight, and he will be calling in to join us shortly. So in the meantime, let's lay back, let's kick it, and listen to When I'm With You by Mr. Tony Terry. And after that, we'll be right back. Keep it here. Talk to you in a minute. introduce you to a very good friend of mine, Mr. Tony Terry. Tony, America's on air, so you want to say hello? Of course I want to say hello. I didn't realize we were on live yet. (laughs) My brother, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. So I I guess the first question that everybody wants to uh, know is, what is going on with Mr. Tony Terry? What's been up (laughs) with you? And what you're doing, talk to us. Well, right now, I'm in Philly. I just got finished performing at a wedding. And I'm on my way back to the hotel. I'm about to get go get my groove on. I'm at 
And we don't, we don't, yeah, right. I mean, we we singing, we making records like, I'm riding around and I'm getting it. I'm riding around and I'm getting it. Where's the romance in that? Yeah. Well, I think when I started hearing brothers compare a woman to a Jeep and she bounces right. like my car. That's my Jeep. Come on, man. Where do they do that? Yeah, well, the women I know, I know some women that, well, let me shut up because I will be getting letters. But I will say this. Um, when I notice when I'm out doing gigs, uh, especially when I'm watching you do your thing, what I notice is that no matter how much we try to come up with product that's, um, I don't, I don't want to say new product because this is like all artists that I know that have been associated with love like you and Luther and Keith Sweat and, uh, and Maxwell. And no one wants to hear seemingly even their new music. Everyone wants to hear something that just hits home. And when, when I'm with you gets played anywhere, the dance floor fills up, People that range in age by 20, 15 years all know the words to that song. What would you say is what's going on with that? Is it just that we are just pre-wired to know real stuff from bull stuff, or is it that those songs just hit us in ways that we otherwise would not connect? Well, you know, honestly, I think the task as a writer and a performer is to connect on an emotional level. And, you know, a song like With You is really, it's not a complicated idea. It's not a complicated notion. It's simple. In fact, it's borderline corny. When I'm with you, I hear a song that makes me laugh and smile and sing. When I'm with you, um, it's for real what I feel when I'm with you. You know what? Really, in its simplicity, and I think that what, what really makes such a statement or such a, a lyric work is that it came from a place of um, of honesty. At the time that when it was written, it was genuine. It wasn't some, you know, prefabricated song that um, that was just written out of the blue. It came from someone's genuine experience. And I think that writing from a place of realness um, really makes a difference. You know, I, I'm, I don't really have the gift of making up songs. Uh, if I'm not going through something or if I don't have, you know, a real – now, obviously, I have a creative mind, but I really like to take real-life situations and write about them, whether they are – I like to call – I like to call what I sing life songs as opposed to love songs because sometimes it, it's not about love. Sometimes it's about life. Mhm. Uh, yeah, I, I really do think that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I'll keep going. I really want to hear this. Keep going. No, I, I, I just think that that is that's missing. You know, you know, we we find the um, somehow mediocrity has become the norm and and what is acceptable. But shows like The Voice, I think, are very important because if you if you've ever watched The Voice. You know that the judges' backs are turned to the contestants, and they have to be moved by their voices or affected by what's going on on an emotional level in order to turn their chairs around. And I think that that is that is shining the light on one's ability to connect to a lyric and a melody. Is that the same thing that you think takes place with us being a listener? Is that when we feel this connection and we hear melody, is it associated with the person that we think we're in love with, or is it associated more with the words of music that just what it's associated? Hey brother, I'm sorry, I am um, I'm moving around, and so that last question was a little bit broken up, and I didn't quite hear it. Can you ask me that question again? Yeah, let, let me repeat it. Do you think what we are connecting with is the melody and the music, or is it the lyrics, or is it that those, the, all of that combined gives us oh, a way to combine? It's definitely a combination. It's definitely a combination of lyric and melody. Um, it doesn't even, like, you know, you can't reinvent the wheel. There's no, there's no new note. There's no new melody. 
There's not not even a new word that anybody can say. There's nothing new about what we do. What we do is arrange and um, sing lyrics and melodies. If you are a true artist that are inspired and that, you know, individual energy is uh, connected to a lyric and or a melody, which makes it new or not, uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or the introduction of a new idea. And it really comes about from, from how it's delivered, I think, plays a tremendous role in how it, it is perceived. Um, as I said, there's nothing new under the sun. There are no new no new notes that we can sing. There are no new melodies we can write. We can only arrange the notes that that already exist and bring a, a new energy to it or a passion to it that hopefully people connect to on an emotional level. At this point, for me, you know, I, I am a man of a certain age, and I have to find songs that even affect me on an emotional level, that I want to be bothered with singing for the next 10, 20 years, at least, because I feel like i got at least that many years left in the game. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, here's your, uh, let me just do this real quick. We're going to take a, about a 45-second break. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Von Young. If you want to hit us up and uh, speak with Tony Terry, you can call us at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610. And push number one, we'll have you in the queue. We'll be right back in about 45 seconds with Tony Terry. In the conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young with my special guest tonight, Mr. Tony Terry. Tony is responsible for more babies and people springing their necks and backs trying to dance his anybody. <laughs> Your two best friends are OB Jen and a chiropractor, bro. I need to ask you another question. <laughs> I keep it real. I need to ask you another question, Tony. As uh, we look back and start talking about love and marriage, I know that you went through an ordeal uh, with your wife that really not only tested not just the marriage, but tested you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Uh, Do you care to talk about that? Um, Sure. I guess you would be talking about the fact that my wife has fibromyalgia and and how um, it impacted our lives. Yeah, you know, after my wife gave birth to our son, a uh, beautiful, beautiful little boy. He is, you know, I have a daughter, of course, everybody knows that. Um, and she was the inspiration for me recording my son. But I think that any man knows that when a son comes along, then that just kind of changes the game. My daughter is the, is the apple of my eye, but my son carries on the legacy. And um, after giving birth to my, my son, my wife went into, um, she was having this chronic pain, and you know, for months. We had no idea what was going on. I didn't know if she had um, muscular sclerosis. Um, we didn't know that she had um, uh, uh, carpal tunnel. We, we didn't know what was going on because it mimics, it mimics, um, uh, a couple of things that fibromyalgia looks like, and so we were going through this, uh, really trying to figure out what was what was happening, what was happening because my wife is fit, um, healthy, vibrant, traveling, and now 
well, not only now, but then when, when, you know, my son is now six. But in the beginning, uh, she went from being healthy and vibrant to she couldn't even pick our son up. I'm talking about even the, he was so, he was at six pounds, he was too heavy for her to even pick him up. Wow. And, um, and I didn't understand, and of course it, it, it heightened my concern because I didn't know what was going on with her. And, you know, and I had to work and I'm traveling and I was leaving my wife and I didn't know what was going on. She didn't know what was going on and she was, she was very afraid. And then we were, we were ultimately, and I say we, um, because we were ultimately diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And I didn't know what that was. I, however, I did. I had experienced, I, I knew someone that had lived with the condition prior to even meeting my wife. Um, and, and I knew that that person had a very... Um, Lonely existence, for lack of better words. I mean, because you know, when you're going through it, as, as as I've experienced, when my wife is going through it, having a flare up, there's very little consolation, very little consolation um, that I can offer her that will provide any relief. Let me so ask you this: I, Yeah, I, I just got to ask a quick question on this. How long had you guys been married uh, when this happened? Uh, we were together a year. We had been together a year. Our son was born a year later, and three days after giving birth to my son, my wife was experiencing some, you know, like she kept saying, you know, like when she would lay down, that she couldn't breathe. And I just thought, you know, she was she was anxious, that she was experiencing some anxiety because both she and I, wanted this baby so badly, and then she finally had him, and I thought just the anxiety of, of all that she had gone through was was wearing on her. And when we when we ultimately got in touch with her doctor because she couldn't rest and she couldn't lay down, and we were instructed to call 911, I was, and, you know, not really fully understanding why I needed to call 911. I was just obeying the doctor's orders. And... Once we got my wife to the hospital, we found out that she had been, that she was in congestive heart failure. And I think that that was because of some treatment that she might have received from the hospital. But once dealing with that, um, the aftermath was that she was in chronic pain. Um, and it started in her, it started in her fingers of all places. She kept saying her, her fingers were hurting and then her wrists. And then her neck locked up. She couldn't turn it. And then her arms locked up. She couldn't raise her arms. And we didn't understand, you know, how can you go from being perfectly fit to now you can't even raise your arms to pick up your child. And so um, we started we started investigating why this might be. And it took about six months for, for us to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And then once we were, then we were allowed the opportunity to, you know, to start the process of mending or healing, so to speak, or, or and the the treatment, the treatment uh, for such a thing is, or at least in her case, was narcotics. And so my wife had been living on narcotics for about six years, and she just recently about, a, it's actually been a month and two weeks that she decided that she no longer wanted to live on narcotics to deal with what was going on with her, and she went cold turkey. The got off all of the pain medicine, which is a wonderful thing because now I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting my wife back. But it has been uh, an arduous journey. It's been a difficult uh, situation because fibromyalgia pretty much came in and took over our lives, uh, whether I liked it or not. Um, I had to deal with it, and I had to deal with what it was doing to my wife with regards to affecting her personality and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and it, it seriously, seriously affected us. But, you know, I took the vows of um, man and wife very, very, very seriously. 
um, not having any idea that I was really going to be tested. Man. And so here we are. Here we are, you know. She's getting better, and, um, you know, I, God is good. Well, I've got to ask this question. Being on tour, and I know that uh, you're doing so many different joints. I know you um, – you're doing a Tom Joyner uh, cruise. You're traveling. Uh, I know one day we were talking, and I'm like, dude, what's up? Where you been? And you just told me you just took off a flak jacket because you were over in the Middle East. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, how does that affect you when you're flying all around the world? You got a, a son. That how, how old is your son now? He's six. Six-year-old son a wife that is uh, dealing with a disease that we in medicine still don't know what the hell to do with it. It's, uh, you know, whatever, what everything, the one thing that works for one patient doesn't work for the other. So you're right. dealing with all of this pressure, and then not to mention having a global brand. How has that affected Tony Terry? Um, it's been stressful, dude, and that's 100. You know, I'm human. But you know what? This What it did was... You know, people don't know that I'm the spokesman for the National Fibromyalgia Association. And, you know, we I went out to Irvine, um, California to for National Fibromyalgia Day to do a to do a big event. And I was asked to speak and I really wasn't sure what I was gonna speak about. And ultimately when I took the podium I spoke from a caregiver's point of view because a lot of people, you know, who deal with or live with people who have chronic illnesses are the unsung, um, or, or, you know, because that's, it's really a thankless job. And so what I realized was the, the stress, the, the pressure of taking care of someone who lives with a chronic illness um, affects Everybody involved. It affects the entire family, and I, in the beginning, was feeling some some guilt. I think, for lack of a better word, because you know I was getting frustrated, and uh, it was wearing me out. And I felt guilty for for being frustrated, and guilty for uh, feeling like you know th- this was overwhelming. But you know what? I realized I'm human. And we get frustrated. And so once I started dealing with the fact that sometimes, you know, I don't feel like it. Sometimes, you know, you know, it, it's my wife who lives with the condition, but because of the way it, that it affected her, you know, uh, I, I had to get to the point where I was okay with saying, you know what, you're wearing me out today. You, you're getting on my nerves today. And... Um, I had to get to that point, and I had to get to that point without feeling guilty. And when I was able to get to the to the place where I could say, you know what, I'm doing what I can do, and today I'm tired. Right now you're getting on my nerves because me and my wife keep it real with each other that way. And you know, when when I began to not hold it in, not hold in my frustration, then for us, it just just seems so much better because, you know, any, let's say, resentment to fibromyalgia that I might have had because I was holding in my feeling about what was going on, I don't do that anymore. And uh, it just made dealing with it so much easier, you know, with regard to traveling and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, of course it's stressful, you know, I'm leaving home and my wife is sick and all that kind of stuff, but I take my family on the road as much as I can, which uh, lately has not been that often, but we've decided to homeschool our son this year, so I'm probably going to be including my family more more so in my travels than I have in recent past. Okay, i got to ask a big question. Um, this is going to be a really good thing. You have a new single out, and it's called yeah. All I Need. Tell yes, me what sir. was the inspiration of that, for that. Oh, all I Need, really, you know, it's a love song, and it. You know, I like to tell people that. You know, well, I met my wife in an airport, in Detroit airport, and of course she was sweating me. You know, she couldn't wait to get my number and all that. <laughs> of course, her story is probably gonna be different, but it, it really just loosely tells the story. Uh, you know, the, the love story between me and my wife. Wow, that sounds cool. Tell you what, America, you're listening to 
my dude, Mr. Tony Terry. Uh, we've got a surprise for Tony that's holding on the phone, but we're going to come back in about – uh, probably about 45 seconds or so. But before we do, Tony, I just, I've got to, I got to ask you about this. I know you've got some tour dates coming up, and we're going to mention them again at the end of the show. But uh, where are you going to be uh, touring in the uh, probably the next 90 days or so? You got any special dates in mind? Yeah, actually, I am going to be coming to Houston and Dallas on the 20, 22nd and 23rd of August and uh, at uh, Rockefeller Hall in uh, Rockefeller Hall in Houston, and I'm not sure the venue in Dallas, uh, but I'll definitely be coming down that way. And um, to be honest, I, I got to check my own calendar I, from day to day. I have to look at. I got to look at. Um, you know, we have we have a, a Google link that that we share, my team, um, and every day my my publicist or. Or, uh, or, or or my manager will put something on there for me to do, and if I don't look at it, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, dude. So I would have to look at it to tell you what I, what I have next. But I do know that the 22nd and 23rd of Dallas and Houston. Okay, well, I, I've got an idea. i got two things for you. I've got a surprise when we come back. But, America, you're listening to Tony Terry. This is Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Now, we're about to play a joint that I want you to support. Go and download it, get it from the store. This is All I Need by Mr. Tony Terry. Yes, sir. I'll be honest, I can't lie, you're all I need in my life My heart inside never felt so right, if this is wrong, I don't want to be right I think of you all the time, girl, you're always on my mind Not a moment of the day goes by, when I don't wish you were by my side You came along, and it's my
talking to him, this dude is like one of the best drummers, as in my opinion. I'm a drummer, and I won't even look at a drum set in his presence, but this dude is probably, I'm, I would say without a doubt, one of the top ten drummers in the world. Uh, he, he's got a new CD out, and you and this gentleman are going to be featured uh, doing a tour date in Houston, Texas. Pat, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Hey, you what's going on, hey, man? What's up, Tommy? <laughs> How you doing, man? Good, I'm good. Good, good, good. Thanks, hey, I know you were touring. Both of you guys are touring, and I'm touring. Isn't this weird? All of us actually are working and making money. Uh, Pat, uh, <laughs> tell us about the date with you and Tony. Where is it going to be, and what's going on with that, dude? All right, um, well, I just recently uh, started my own band. Uh, it's the Pat Williams Group here in Houston. And uh, I did a debut show at, at the historic uh, Rockefeller Hall here in Houston. Um, it's a place where the Yellow Jackets used to come, B.B. King, Bobby Bland. I mean, it's everybody that was anybody that toured back in the day used to hit that hall. So um, I thought it would be right to, when I started my own thing, to start out in a place like that. Um, I ran into a Tony uh, on the Tom Joyner cruise. I was playing with Mike Phillips and, uh, and Yvonne. And uh, and I thought, I said, man, Tony's been has always been one of my favorite vocalists. And I'm like, you know, why not get him to come down with my band? We do my thing and he does his thing uh, together and just call it, you know, just an intimate night with, you know, jazz and R&B. So uh, I reached out to Tony, said talk to his people, and he worked it out for us. And uh, he's coming down August the 23rd. It's a Friday night here in Houston, Texas. So what are you guys doing? Are you playing behind Tony, or what's what's going on with this gig? Yeah, well, I'm I'm I've got my my band is going to be doing uh, some jazz, uh, some soul, some funk, a little bit of everything up front, uh, and then we're going to bring Tony out, and he's going to be singing along with my band uh, with his stuff. So we're going to oh. give you everything from George Duke to D'Angelo, and then we'll come back to and Tony Terry. Yeah, get Tony Terry in there. <laughs> Do some of the some of the old and some of the and uh, get all I need in there too. So yeah. all I can say, um, that is going to be smoking hot, America. Um, I can just vouch for this without hesitation. Tony's vocals. If you have not seen him in the last year, you have not seen him. Um, oh, stuff yeah, has right. always really really been good, but uh, the dude, the falsetta is off the chart. The 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 ambiance in your voice is just, for lack of a better choice of words, almost spellbinding. What are you doing, Tony, to other than a million crunches and getting your biceps to look like cannonballs? What are you doing, man, to make your voice pop like that? Wow. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, thank you for that, uh, my brother. Um, you know, dude, I just okay. I'm a man of a particular age. Been in the game for a long time, and so at this point for me, it really is about preservation and longevity, and uh, you know, staying, staying, uh, and and the legacy of, of what it is I do. And so, you know, well, let's say twenty years ago, I might have been up for the party and up for hanging out half the night. You know, at this point in the game, I pretty much understand what's going on, and, and you know, I got to get my rest. And, you know, I realized that for me, um, or you know, I, lo- I absolutely love, love, love what I do. However, you know, when I'm working, m- most other people are relaxing and being entertained or having a, a night of fun. So um, I have to, you know, like when I'm finished singing or whatever, um, I'm not really a, a heavy drinker and, you know, I don't really party late at night because I understand, you know, it takes a little bit longer for me to get moving in the morning. So I got, I got to, uh, you know, I try to pull it in and get some rest because I know what the next thing is. And I, I try to keep my eye on the big picture um, because you, I, I realize that you're only as good as the last thing that you've done. So I try to make sure that every last thing that I've done is really good. Well, I know what amazed me when I was uh, early in the game. I was producing concerts, and I had an opportunity to work with everybody from the Temptations to Michael Henderson 
to the Gap Band. There's just a number of artists. And there was one time I was on tour with a particular artist, and I am not going to mention this cat's name, uh, but it sure the hell was not Tony Terry. And this lady in the kitchen said it was like this wake-up call. She said, you know what, your band sounds great. Uh, you know, your wardrobe is fly, but you don't sound like your records. Well, Tony, every time I hear you, you sound better than your records. And and because of that, you have a, God, a phenomenal amount of groupies that follow you. And I'm not just talking chicks. And I mean, and I'm not talking about the Atlanta male groupie either. Y'all will catch that in a minute. Oh. <laughs> um. Have a lot of groupies that just look at you as a musical icon. So I remember we were chatting one night after you did a gig, and you've been doing a lot of mentoring and lecturing to young artists. So for those aspiring wannabe crooners out there, what would be the message that you would have for them? Uh, well, first of all, let me let me say thank you to, to you for for all those wonderful words. That, that you bestowed upon me. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I just really try to, you know, encourage kids or upstarts in the music business, you know, to one, primarily to let passion be their guide. Not everybody who ventures uh, into the into the music business will be successful. Um, but I believe that whatever your motivation is, like for me, for me, for example, I was never really motivated by money. Now, my reality is music is what I do, uh, and that's what I do for a living. And obviously, I have to get, I, I, I have to live, and, and, and I have to get paid for what I do. However, it was never really my motivation. Money was never really my motivation. My passion for music is what motivated me. And I think probably if I was going to give somebody advice about you know about this music business um and that that would be to to brush up on business you know the game the 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 game playing field has been leveled with the advent of the internet um because if i if 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 you have a laptop you have access to the world just like a major label does. And so I just, I just believe that, I, I believe that, you know, diligence, being on top of your game, and, and, and letting passion be your guide, and learning the business are probably the tools, for, at least in my mind, that one would need to, to, and to enjoy some, some degree of success in this music business. Because only 10, 10 to maybe 20% of what we do is show. Most of it is about setting up, rehearsing, making sure the business is straight. And if you're not on top of that or aware enough to realize what's going on, then, you know, you you might miss out on a lot. And I say that from experience because in the beginning of my career, um, I didn't know a lot, and I did not have a mentor. I was actually having this conversation with a couple of friends um, a few days ago about, not having had a mentor and having had to learn some lessons at, um, uh, that cost me a whole lot of money. But I, I learned those lessons, and now I think that, you know, probably I would just advise people to be on top of their business, sign your own checks, make sure you know what's going on around you, involve yourself because it really is more than just making music. In an ideal world, a musician could just focus on making music. But, you know, and if you to be an entrepreneur, you have to be aware of the business and make sure that uh, you surround yourself with people that genuinely care about you. Let me ask you, how can they tell, though, Tony? Yeah, so you've been lucky. I know uh, you've been with my frat brother, Tony Sanders, uh, and his, as, a, as your personal manager for quite some time. And then I met another young lady that you work with. But you, I know it wasn't always a Tony Sanders in your corner. And before you had Tony or uh, the other sister that I met in um, Houston, you went through some very interesting people. So how can a young – what advice would you give a young artist to know when you have a fool for a manager that you need to kick to the curb? Well, I mean, first of all, 
if you don't have anything to manage, then handle your own business. I think people think that they need a manager well before they even have a, a need for such. You know, I need a manager to get this stuff done. But, if, you know, a manager is just that, someone who manages what you have going on. And if you don't have a lot of things going on that require management, then you're just spending money unnecessarily. Is there a um, is there some way to make sure you're putting out quality product? Because I I remember being in the game and I was doing the this thing where I was investing money with uh, Alan. Well, I'm not going to mention his name. This guy that did very large concert to around America and a uh, beer company with horses promoted it and figured that out if you're old enough. Mm-hmm. But the thing yeah. is, is we would always get these hard lessons because. The music business will chew you up and spit you out, and Hollywood will make you the dessert. So is there something that you would suggest that these guys do beyond the management, but in my opinion in terms of perfecting their gifts and and sharpening their talents, and how do they know when the material is appropriate for them? Well, you know what? Everybody thinks that their music is great, and everything sounds like a hit record in the studio. So, I mean, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, you know, again, you have to surround yourself with people that are not necessarily yes men, but that are going to genuinely advise you on what's happening. So, okay, in my case, I record a whole bunch of music, and in the studio I think everything sounds great. So what we've been doing is having a series of listening parties. And so the point of those listening parties has not been so much to, here's my new album, but it, for me, it's been about involving my fans, getting feedback, listening and responding to people, um, because not everything that we think is a hit is, in fact, a hit. You know, if I, for me to use uh, an example, would be one of my own classic records, um, Everlasting Love. When I, re- when I recorded Everlasting Love, when we were sequencing the album, it was already recorded. I had about 25, maybe 30 songs to choose from. I'm only going to put 10 songs on the album. What are they going to be out of this 25? Well, Everlasting Love came up to, you know, okay, so what about this one? And I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Didn't want that record on my record. Didn't. I, I remember clearly saying, I don't want to be singing that song for the next 20 years because I don't like it. I'm a million copies. Huh? Didn't that record sell like a million units? Never one, never one, never one record. Yeah. Never one record. Yeah, never one record. But it's just, it, it, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, listening to, uh, or to, I, I guess a wise man would say, counsel, listen to your counsel of your peers. You know, I play my music for people that are close in my circle, and you know, I listen to their to their responses. And you know how you can tell if somebody likes your music or not. You know, if you play some new music to somebody, and within ten seconds they start talking, or strike up a conversation, or start texting on their phone, guess what? You don't they, have a hit record. Wow, you've lost them. That is scary. Well, I can say this: I was looking at. Um, I think it was Sunday best when they were doing the trials and uh, Donnie McClurkin made this comment that if somebody else comes out here and sings this song again, I'm going to die. And what happens? Somebody sings that song. So America, you're listening to a hit maker with more than his fair share of hits tell you something. So if you see your cat run out the room or somebody starts popping another top, that means your record probably sucks. Um, yeah, the record I've got uh, one other question And then uh, what we're going to do Tony This record made you I mean it, I don't care Where I have been with you Whether it was going to somebody's house At midnight or you just Walking into a room or Wherever you have been People ask to hear this song I want uh, to ask my producer uh, Julia go ahead and cue it up and we're going to play it and come back uh, with Tony before we go out to the show. But I want to play this so we can uh, come back and get a little bit more info on where to get up with you and uh, how to get tickets, especially this show in Houston, because I know with you and Pat on the stage, that's going to be a magical moment. So, Julia, if you don't mind, this is When I'm With You featuring Tony Terry.
going on, bro? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Tony Terrell, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, hey, this is your Houston cousin, Andre James. I want to give a shout-out to Houston, Texas. Andre. You're out from the 23rd. You need to come to the show, man. <laughs> Wait, wait. That's my fam right there. That's my fam right there. That's my fam right there. Is this the Andre James with the 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 guy that sings with Regina Bell and everybody else that's ever had a hit? Andre James and and and, and sings with Tony Terry. You got to put that in too. Uh, I was gonna say that. That's right. And Andre is the person that's. Andre is the person that's going to that that is uh, I guess my liaison down in in the Houston area. He's putting together my singers and making sure that they're right. You know him and Pat. You know I've come down. I've been down to Houston quite a few times over the years, and I always get an amazing reception. And so I'm really looking forward to coming down this time. Um, I'm working with Pat and Andre and really doing something special because it's been it's been what a good five years at least since I've been down there, right? Yeah, wow. yeah, I mean, we had a show down at the camp. But, man, it's going to be a great show. Pat is, you know, he's he's family. He's my musical family down there. And, Tony, we got you back, man. We got you back. Yeah, yeah I, I am not worried, worried at all. In fact, I'm so looking forward to coming down there and just ripping stuff up. Man, this is going to be a great show. And Pat's going to give an awesome, man. He's going to give an awesome show. Pat, you still online? Yeah, I'm here, man. How you doing? <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, hey, that's part of the music family. But Tony, we wait, can't wait to see you get down here. The BGVs already rehearsing. Pat got the band doing this thing. So, man, we're going to have a great show. Awesome. Well, I, awesome. Right. Thanks, I've got to thank you, Andre, and thank you, Pat. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Andre is probably, I mean, he's creme de la creme. So there is so much talent on my phone right now. I feel like I should be getting percent or something. I don't know who to bill for it. <laughs> uh, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for the love, man. Thank you for the love. Yeah, you guys, uh, I mean, all three of you are very phenomenal. Uh, first, let me uh, just get a couple of things. Uh, Pat, where can we pick up your CD and where can we get in contact with you, dude? Okay, well, first off, I haven't I haven't finished the CD yet. I'm still working on that, so I don't have any original music out as of yet. Uh, but for but this coming. yeah, but for this particular show, uh, they can go to www.thepatwilliamsgrouplive.eventbrite.com. Uh, that's www.thepatwilliamsgrouplive.eventbrite.com. Uh, the ticket's only $25 general admission. Uh, it's a very intimate setting. There aren't any bad seats in the place. Uh, everybody's close up. It's right there. Uh, you can almost reach out and touch. I'm sure Tony's not going to have that, but, you know, it's, it's well, close. I ain't mad. I'm not mad, you know, because I often like to reach out and touch. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody. You know, the VIP is sold out. Uh, if you click on that, it's already gone. Unfortunately, uh, we, we got that out of the way. Uh, well, it's a good thing for us, but... For those who wanted to get really, really up close and personal, those are sold. But the general admission, there will be seating. Uh, you get a seat. You just got to get there on time. You know, we can't do CT time. You got to get there on time. Okay. So, uh, and we'll I'll you great me on, uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter also. It's uh, PDWill2 on Twitter. I'm uh, I'm on Facebook, Patrick Williams. Uh, man, I'm, I'm all over the place, so just just look me up. Okay, that sounds like that. Well, the first last thing I want to say before we get Tony out of here is, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on my show. The uh, friendship I have with you is very special, but any time that I can share you with America, that's even more special. So thank you so much, especially knowing that I got you. If I can guess this, you're probably still sitting in the limo finishing this interview before you go upstairs. And yeah, well, I, actually, I, I, actually, I actually am. But I want to say this to you, man. I, I want to say this to you, brother, Dr. Yvonne Young. I'm very proud of you. And uh, it, is, it, is, it is my pleasure um, to, to share the air, airwaves with you. I'm immensely proud of what you're doing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the great things that lie ahead for you. One of the, one of the books that uh, that you've written has been very instrumental to me. Don't break up. <laughs> oh, you don't break up, don't break down? Oh, wow, break up, man. Don't break down. 
Break the blue book. Break down. Man, yeah, right. Man. That's Thank some you. good reading right there. That's some good reading right there. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys. Um, we've run out of time, but America, we love you. You've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Von Young. Check us out this Wednesday at Lunchtime Love at noon. You can hear us all over the globe. And until then, if you can't love, find somebody to love you, you love you. This is Dr. D. Von Young, and again, it's a blast. Have a fantastic week, America. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Good night. Much love, bro. Yes, sir. Much love, family. I'll let you later, cuz. Peace. Now take it easy. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.